You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football, we're the dudes that know football. You've just crossed over into the Trend Zone. Dave here with Casey, and we are the Football Dudes. Are you ready, brother? Oh, hells yeah. Next stop, the Trend Zone. It is Thursday, January 19th, coming at you from Los Angeles, California. It's a chilly 53 degrees with intermittent showers out there. Burr. <laughs> In today's episode, we'll talk about the off-season coaching carousel at full speed, but there's one less seat available than we thought. International games have been announced, and five more teams are on the clock. Don't and you mean course- TAMs? <laughs> all of the awesome games coming up this week we'll get to all of those all four of them but before that we'll get it started casey with a tasty nug for the people yeah dude i got a super sweet divisional round sack of nugs coming off his five touchdown performance in dallas's dominating victory over the bucks on monday night 29 year old dak prescott is the grandpa of the bunch he's the oldest starting quarterback remaining for a chance at that Super Bowl 57, the <laughs> average age of the eight starting quarterbacks is under 26 years old. Dave, this is the youngest group of QBs in the divisional round of the playoffs since the 1970 merger. All eight starting quarterbacks in this round are under 30 year old. Dave, it's a young man's game. Wow, that is nuts. I'll tell you what, Casey. But here's some more interesting nugs for the people coming off their buys. Uh, Last week, the Chiefs and the Eagles will be back in action this week, but the number one seeds better beware since the 2018 playoffs, number one seeds in the postseason are a combined seven and eight with no Super Bowl victories in the last four years. Wow. Just under 500. Well, at least they're playing at home, Dave. So that's good. Yeah, that's right. And they're well rested. But in the divisional playoff games, Casey, last year, road teams won three out of four. So, hmm. Crazy, dude. And 12 of the last 13 postseason games have been within one score in the fourth quarter, including five of the six wildcard games last week. Just not that Cowboys-Bucks game. Eight of the last 13 games have also been decided in the last two minutes of regulation or overtime. And Dave, teams have scored the winning points on the game's final play in six of the past 13 postseason games so don't turn that game off in the third quarter or the fourth i know you were gonna you got stuff to do got to hit the home depot if we have time not this weekend and casey jacksonville is the first nfl team since the 1991 cowboys your cowboys to, to select first in an nfl draft and then go on that same season and win a playoff game pretty impressive i'm liking all this cowboys talk i hope that we get to talk about them next week too <laughs> we should have maybe saved some for next week casey <laughs> There'll be plenty more. <laughs> Casey, let's go back in time. This day in NFL history. Oh, a little more <laughs> cowboy talk. Dave, it was January 17th, 1993. Steve Young just uh, went on a nine-play, 93-yard drive with a touchdown to Jerry Rice, cutting that Cowboys lead to 24-20. to 20. Just over four minutes remaining. Uh-oh. But that is when Troy Aikman hit Alvin Harper on that 70-yard post, down to the nine, set up the touchdown, put that game to 30-20, to 20, and that gave the Cowboys a berth in Super Bowl 27. That was the first title under Jared Jones, baby, 30 years later. Let's go back for Papa Jer. He's getting How about them Cowboys? He How about them Cowboys? Woo! <laughs> Come All on. Right, Casey. <laughs> the Trend Zone, uh, this, the podcast you are currently listening to, is available for subscription on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music as well, or wherever you get your podcasts, Casey. Let's move it into the top trending stories, Case. The Rams look to be in turmoil, but things have settled down a bit. Yeah, dude, uh, they're getting some stability back with three key pieces. Uh, Sean McVay is coming back. There was speculation that he might bolt for a TV job. He says there's still work to do. He wants to turn the team around. And it looks like Matt Stafford is going to be the QB to do just that. And Aaron Donald has committed to come back and play next year as well. So those are huge gets for these Rams to get it back uh, on track there. 
Yeah, McVeigh decides to face the adversity rather than run away from it, Casey. Moving it it on. The um, NFL is churning and churning in this offseason already. A couple of new GMs uh, on the job. Yeah, Monty Awesome Fort's got an awesome fort, but he's now going to be the Cardinals GM. And the Titans add Rand Carthon as their new GM as well. But Dave, new hirings, also firings. It's a bad day to be an offensive coordinator. Yeah, let's start off with my Chargers. They got rid of Joe Lombardi as well as QB coach Shane Day. Tom Telesco, GM, said that he has full confidence in Brandon Staley, although uh, it seems like the fans, many of the fans out there, have a little less confidence in Staley. <laughs> Maybe wished he would have gotten the ax here. But he was uh, Lombardi and, uh, uh, and, and Shane Day, not the only dudes to lose their gigs uh, recently. Yeah, Byron Leftwich, he's out for the Bucks. Greg Roman stepping down as the Ravens offensive coordinator. Dave, that's 10 teams with offensive coordinator openings. Wow. That is insane, dude. And it's not any, it's, it's maybe not, uh, maybe a little less uh, tenuous, but the defensive coordinators are not uh, <laughs> completely out of the, uh, out of the fire here. So yeah, the fish fry, Josh Boyer, their DC and the Vikings punt on defensive coordinator, Ed Donatel. Oof, I'll tell you what, man, a lot of heads are turning mm-hmm. here. Heads are rolling as they like to say, right? All right, Casey. So the NFL is be it will be heading back to Europe again next year. That's right. We found out the Bills, Titans, and Jags, they're the home teams for the games in London next year, and the Chiefs and the Patriots will be the home teams for the games in Deutschland. Yeah, and it'll be the uh, Bills and the Titans will be he- heading over to Tottenham in that cool new stadium there, and the Jags will be back at good old Wembley Stadium uh, hosting their game there. Also, the locations for the Chiefs and the Patriots, they'll be announced in the future with Munich and Frankfurt, um, both set to host games in the coming years. Right on. All right, Casey. Uh, with the moving forward in the playoffs, of course, that means some teams' seasons came to a stunning end. Five more teams are on the clock as of the results of the wildcard weekend. Yeah, at 19, it's those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 20 is the Seattle Seahawks getting their second pick in the first round. Um, Your Los Angeles Chargers, sorry, Dave, they're 21st. The Baltimore Ravens, 22nd. And the Minnesota Vikings coming in at 23rd. Dave, Miami was kicked out of the playoffs, but I don't see him here on the list. Yes, Casey, Miami lost its first round pick and its third round pick for some violation of some kind party boat baby what what (laughs) (laughs) it was the tom brady tampering all right now casey for the big big show the game previews let's get into some of this action divisional round it's arguably maybe although super wild card now gives it a run for it but this has traditionally been the weekend where it's just like the best football the top eight football teams going at it. it starts on saturday and It is going to be exciting. Oh, you got that right, my friend. It is the Jacksonville Jaguars at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs are nine-point favorites in this one, Dave. And this is a rematch from the Jags at Chiefs just a few weeks ago in November. The Chiefs won that one 27-17. And Dave, head coach Andy Reid, he's led the Chiefs to four AFC championships back to back to back to back. If he gets it here, that'll be his 10th. Five with the Chiefs and five with the Eagles, man. That is bonkers, dude. No kidding, man. That is insane. All right. We'll get it started with the Jacksonville Jaguars. They're coming off of an impressive win, uh, comeback win, certainly in the second half against the Sandy, uh, Los Angeles Chargers. Almost almost went back in time there. Uh, they win that one 31 to 30. Impressive performance by this Jags team. And they're going to have to do something similar to that this weekend if they want to continue on. Yeah, there was no quit in that team. They were down 27 nothing in that game. Trevor Lawrence had a terrible first half. Four INTs made up for it in the second half with four touchdowns. And really, the Jags have been one of the hotter teams coming in. I think won five in a row to finish out the regular season, beat those yep. Titans in Week 18, and then had a really good second half uh, to last week's game. And Trevor Lawrence is really starting to be that QB that they hoped they got with that number one overall pick just a couple years ago. No doubt about it. And a lot of the credit obviously has to go to uh, Doug Peterson, yeah. uh, head coach there. 
in in Trevor Lawrence's second year. He's really turned around. And even if you look at the 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 tale of the two halves from last week, how they he he was able to keep Trevor Lawrence focused and calm, and even in the midst of a disaster, turn it around and have a heck of a performance. But let's look at some of these things. It it seemed like they were overpaying for receivers in the offseason. What are we doing here? You know. But turns out these guys really paid off. In fact, Christian Kirk, Zay Jones. Marvin Jones all had touchdown casters last week as well as tight end Evan Engram. So Trevor Lawrence doing a great job using the weapons that he has at his disposal. And these guys have put together some pretty nice seasons, several of them on career highs and catches. So looks like they got these guys in an ascending spot. That's where you want to sign free agents, where you get the player to play better for you. Totally. Speaking of, Evan Ingram, man, he was just bounced by the Giants. He had never really lived up to the hype, was kind of injured. Doug Peterson said, let me plug him into this offense. And he's had a great season, dude. Third among the tight ends with 73 catches. And he had almost 800 yards. And last week he had seven catches for 93 yards and a touchdown. That's the first time he's been in the playoffs. And he really stepped up, dude. And you mentioned Christian Kirk, man. It looked like it was too much money. But he's right there at the top, man. And he has been such a dynamic weapon for these Jags. And Zay Jones, man, a lot of big plays downfield. Um, This offense is really dynamic. And it was kind of like when Etienne got over that injury and really became like the number one running back in this offense that it kind of took off. Yeah, no question about that. We actually see uh, Etienne obviously hurt his whole rookie year and then midway through the season was elevated to the premier back, the the featured back, let's say. And he really, really uh, shows his athleticism. The reason he was a first round t- uh, pick for this squad without a doubt, dude, um, he is very, very exciting. He's an extremely explosive and very fast running back. Yeah, um, Doug Peterson is definitely what this offense needed. You didn't see anything going on under Meyer last year. And uh, Peterson, fresh off getting fired from the Eagles, found a new gig. And th- I think he's going to be at home with these Jags for a while. They're continuing this ascension. And I guess the, the thing of the coaches, they didn't quit last week when there was plenty of opportunities for them. They kept fighting and found a way to get that thing done. And the offense wasn't great in the first half. They picked it up in the second half. But this defense for the Jags was really great in the second half. Uh, No doubt about it, dude. I mean, they're a really athletic and aggressive defense, especially that front um, getting after the quarterback, putting pressure on Josh Allen, the other Josh Allen. Um, I mean, when you look at these guys and and the stats that they're rattling off, you know, 115 tackles. For Devin Lloyd, so the linebacker trio, uh, Alukun. I'm not. I'm not sure if I've got the that right. 184 uh, tackles on the wow. season. Are you kidding me? And then on the backside, former Chacha Rashawn Jenkins. He had the big play against the Titans that got him in the playoffs. He's been playing exceptionally well. He has 112 tackles at the safety position. So yeah, these guys. Um, and he had a forced fumble in in the in the uh, previous meeting in Week 10 against the Chiefs. So. Um, Wow, I mean, they've they've got a lot of talent on that side of the ball. Yeah, dude, you mentioned it. Devin Lloyd, man, uh, picked up at the top of this uh, draft last year. He had a 115 tackles of the season, and last week a tackle for loss, a pass defended, and five tackles. So, man, I just love the speed and the ferocity that this defense plays with. They're yeah. a complete team now, but dude, they're going to need every bit of that and then some moving forward against these chefs. No kidding. And moving along to the Chefs, Casey, they're coming off their bye, sitting at 14-3 and in the number one seed. They're feeling pretty good about themselves. They've won a ton of games in a row, whatever it is, maybe just a couple of losses in the last, like, what, 10 weeks or something. Yeah, and their only two losses were to the Bills in, I think, October, and then to the Bengals a little bit later. Ever since, and they've been dominating everybody. And Dave, they led the NFL in total offense over 413 yards a game for the third consecutive season, and led in scoring offense just under 30 points, man. Obviously, Patrick Mahomes, 5,200 passing yards and 41 touchdowns. Um, we didn't know what we were going to get with this squad when Tyreek Hill left in the offseason, but they didn't slow down at all. They actually picked yeah. it up a little bit. <laughs> and uh, it's almost like he's distributing the ball even better without having to try to find the cheetah every time. Yeah, I mean, they're number one in total yards and they're number one in passing yards. So, yeah, I mean, they can't how much more, you know, <laughs> <higher> <laughs> what's left dude? than that, you know. Um, 
and we talked about that Jags defense, which is strong across the board, but their situation was they weren't the greatest at defending the pass. So um, we'll see how they can do against this Kansas City-led Chiefs, but a uh, uh, team with Patrick Mahomes winging it like he is the second straight um, – uh, second time he's passed for over 5,000 yards in the wow. season and 41 touchdown uh, passes on the season. So Mahomes, like you said, you, they lose the cheetah and he just he takes it up a notch. Yeah, dude. And how about them finding Jarek McKinnon in this offense, right? bro? It's unbelievable. And McKinnon has been on a tear. It's six straight games right with a passing wow. uh, with a receiving touchdown, which is insane. We knew he was. Like late season, it's just got like every week. This guy keeps getting in the end zone every week. Is and man, they have got weapons. And McKinnon kind of came out of nowhere. Yeah, dude. And McKinnon did a lot of work in the passing game. But what I've really liked is this running game lately, especially like the last month of the season. Isaiah Pacheco, dude. What was he like? A I don't know, a seventh rounder, sixth or something. rounder. I think he's yeah. been amazing in the backfield too. And the last few weeks, we started seeing Ronald Jones get some more. Um, touches in this offense so if this Chiefs team can run the ball as well as that man they are going to be a scary team to deal with we didn't we didn't even talk about Travis Kelsey and we all know that this guy is probably the most dominant tight end in the NFL man so I just really like this offense and adding with this running game that means they can take time off the clock and really milk some of these leads if they can get up man yeah and if you know what I mean we we talked about um you know, the running game getting better. But if it all comes down to the end of the game and they need to score and it needs to happen fast, there's almost nobody better than Mahomes to Kelsey to get that mm-hmm. job done. He's just basically when it, when it, when they, when the, all the chips are in the, in the middle of the table, that's when those two are at their best man. Um, and on top of that, Juju Smith has, has really come along. I don't know, mid season or so started yeah. really showing that he was a consistent weapon uh, for this offense as well. So going to be tough tough to uh, contend with this Chiefs O, that's for sure. Yeah, and dude, it's not like it gets much easier with this defense. As we mentioned, the running game about the last six weeks of the season, this defense has really picked up the last six weeks of the season, too. Yeah, and I always got to go to Chris Jones. He's one of the most disruptive and underrated defensive tackles in the NFL. Uh, he had 15 and a half sacks on the season. Um, so seven more, more sacks in each of the past five seasons, he's consistent. And he's, like I said, you have got to game plan for, for Chris Jones and another guy that just keeps cranking him out there, uh, uh, defensive end, Frank Clark. So he's also a nice weapon. And then the rookie George Karlaftis sort of rounds out a a really nice um, pass rushing group, uh, for this chiefs defense. Yeah, the Greek got a sacks, baby. He's really come on this season, too. And how about Nick Bolton, dude? Second in the NFL with 180 tackles? You kidding me, bro? Wow. That's insane. Yeah, this is a good Chiefs defense. So, Dave, how do the Jags win this game? Yeah, I mean, I think, obviously, you're going to want to uh, get after Mahomes, you know? I mean, look back at sort of, essentially, how did the Bucks beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl? I think the Jags have a front that can really, really put a lot of pressure on Mahomes and company, uh, certainly maybe take him out of his rhythm, and uh, you know they're going to want to possess the football. Yeah, and uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to have to take care of the football offensively. Yeah. They're going to have to take some chances and fit into some tight areas. They can't be hesitant on offense because you're going to have to match those guys for points, but you definitely have to gonna clean up the operation if you're going to um, you know, stay in this game with the Chiefs is a pretty interesting matchup. Uh, yeah, and ooh. on the season, the uh, the Jags are plus five in the in the giveaway takeaway, and the Chiefs are minus three. So, um, you know, hopefully the Jags will be able to, uh, like you said, protect the football, maybe get some takeaways. Going to be good. All right. Up next, it is the Giants at the Eagles. Eagles at home, favored by seven and a half. This one's the Saturday night special. This was, of course, a divisional game, the, the, uh, so that means there were two of them this season. They were uh, both won by the Eagles. It was week 14 with the Eagles handling business, 48-22. to 22. And then recently it was week 18, a little bit closer football game with the Eagles winning 22-16 to 16 in that game. Yeah, Dave, and interesting. This is going to be the first playoff matchup in NFL history, which both starting quarterbacks had at least 600 yards rushing in the regular season. So I expect to see the football ran quite a bit in this game. But these Giants, dude, Brian Dable's first 
uh, year as the head coach there. What a turnaround, man. The Giants have been a laughing stock yeah. of the league. The NFA, NFC least for the last couple of years. Dude, Ooh. three of the last four teams in the NFC playoffs are from the East, including these Giants. <laughs> yeah, we never saw that coming, Casey. A lot mm-hmm. obviously has a credit has to be given to Brian Dayball, uh, new head coach there, but also uh, quarterbacks coach um, Mike Kafka. Not Franz Kafka, Casey, but there has been a bit of a metamorphosis, if you will, on the quarterback Daniel Jones as he has really turned around his game this season. Yeah, dude, he's a beautiful butterfly, and he's just not turning the <laughs> ball over. And that's been the that's thing right. that had kind of kept them down, man. Um, he loved what he did against the Vikings last week. And every time the Vikings kept coming back, he'd hit him with another score, dude. Um, he had over 300 yards passing, two TD passes, 70 yards rushing, dude. Um, first QB to ever do that in NFL history. Um, hit a career high in passing yards this year, over 300, over 700 rushing yards. But the thing I could keep going back to, he really took care of the ball, man. You could count on him giving you or opposing teams one or two each games. And that didn't happen this year. And that's why the Giants are still playing football. Yeah, no doubt about it. And additionally, I think Dayball embraced the fact that, hey, let's do what Daniel Jones does do well. And we know that Daniel Jones is an athlete. He's got good legs and he can get you whether it's a designed run or um, with the, you know, improvisational kind of run. So, um Daniel Jones, uh, and again, like you said, just mitigating the ma- the, the big yeah. mistakes has been the key to switch around. And we also thought at the you know at the beginning of the season or, or along the way that they didn't have like the stellar receiving group that was really necessary uh, to to thrive here. But some of these guys have really panned out to have nice seasons. Yeah, dude. You know, um, Darius Slayton led the team. He had over 700 yards and almost. Uh, 16 yards reception, dude. He had 88 yards last week, which was really uh, good there. Uh, Richie James, dude, he's been contributing too. But, dude, Isaiah Hodgins, bro, the last uh, six weeks, five touchdowns, man, including one last week. This guy came out of nowhere, and it's now looking like there's actually a squad there. And Daniel Bellinger, he missed a little time with, I think it was a broken orbital or something like that. He had a touchdown last week. So this receiving core which didn't look like it had players, is now looking pretty good. But, dude, also, Saquon freaking Barkley, man. This guy not only does it with the run game, but he does it receiving out of the backfield as well. Yeah, no doubt about that. But it, his the bread and butter is for this team is let's run Saquon Barkley and then let's run play action off yep. of that run game. And Barkley has shown this year he started off awesome. Then there, was, there seemed like a little dip in there. But, you know, overall he's had a really, really – uh, exceptional season. Um, and that has been something that this team can kind of just um, hang their hat on. Like, that's what we do well. And we're going to do it. Whether you think you can stop us or not, we're going to, we're going to commit to it. Yeah, man. And uh, you know, this giants defense, they're not great, but they're getting better and they have some big name players on there. And, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau was talked about maybe being the top pick coming out. He started out slow, has some injuries, but he's really been impressive lately here, dude. Yeah, no doubt about that. And he teams up with um, Jalen Smith, uh, you know, at, at the linebacker position and uh, Aziz Ojolari, excuse me, who had two sacks in the week 14 meet- meeting against Philadelphia. And up front, um, big guy De- uh, Dexter Lawrence at the defensive tackle has been a beast for these guys uh, for quite some time. Yeah, the Giants hope Ojulari plays in this game because that's going to be big yeah. time there. And since Xavier McKinney got back from the the bye week uh, that he got the injury on, man, he's been lights out. He had eight tackles in a, a PD last week against uh, the Vikings there. So um, I like this Giants squad a lot. They don't get a lot of turnovers and they don't get a ton of sacks, but they just play good, solid defense. And when the offense is running the ball and slowing this game down a bit, the defense doesn't have to do as much, but they're going to have their hands full on a Saturday night. Yep. And it's the Eagle team, of course, at, at 14 and three, the number one seed coming off of that by uh, well rested and um, ready to go. They got the rust knocked off of the quarterback um, because he had missed a handful of games there nursing that injury and um, seemed like they're the extra week might be very beneficial for him to sort of really put that injury to rest. 
Yeah, totally. Got a little time in the week 18, and he definitely needed the extra week to see where that shoulder is. And we're not really sure where it is. I mean, he's been a full participant in practice this week, but we're not going to know until he gets out there and takes a couple hits and see how, if they continue to run the ball like they have um, with Jalen Hurts. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens. Dude, they led the NFL with 32 rushing TDs, man. And it wasn't just Jalen. Miles Sanders had his best season, almost 1,300 rush yards. And it, it was weird, dude. It's like sneaky good this guy is. You never think about him as one of the top backs, but he had a tremendous year there. I guess he's just overshadowed with some of the other names. Yeah. Um, but running the football will be a key to their success because that sets up the play action with these guys are pretty good at, too. Yeah, and, and you got a lot of credit has to go to Nick Sirianni um, for sort of taking Jalen Hurts' game to the next mm-hmm. level and really believing in the things that Jalen Hurts does. And and and, you know, coaching to those to those strengths and then making his weaknesses into strengths. Also, one of the huge things in the offseason, the acquisition of A.J. Brown, as we know, to go alongside of the Devontae Smith, um, that just gave him another really legitimate weapon that threatens defenses and, and pushes, def- you know, keeps defenses off the line of scrimmage. And it really helps uh, with their run game. And certainly the designed runs uh, with her with with Hertz has been uh, a huge part of their game. Yeah, getting Dallas Goddard back the last few weeks of the season. Yep. Got some of that rust off him coming back from injury. He's a big part of this offense, too, man. Lots of weapons there on the Eagles, man, and they, they're pretty good scoring over 28 points a game. Okay, we'll move it over to the Eagles' uh, defense here, Casey. Um, obviously, both sides of the football here, offensive and defensive lines, um, are really uh, a, a strong suit for the Seagulls defense, uh, for sure, the defensive line. Whew. Yeah, dude. Uh, Hargrave right up there in the middle. He's a beast. And you got Sweat and Graham on the ends there. Fletcher Cox. Oh, dude. But what about Hassan Reddick, man? Out of Temple. Was with the cards for a while. He came back, dude. Second in the NFL with 16 sacks. Five forced fumbles. He's been a difference maker on this squad, man. Coming in, uh, Barnett was hurt. And uh, Reddick... It's been everything they wanted there. And that the defensive backfield with Slay and Bradbury, man, yeah. they had this thing locked down for most of the season. Yeah, in fact, they were number one defensively uh, against the pass, Casey. So as much as I'm overjoyed about their front seven, it's that backside that has really, really been locked down. Yeah, dude, they get turnovers and they sack the quarterback, dude. 70 sacks. This season, man, that's the third most ever. Uh, when you get all those turnovers and you get all those sacks, sets up some short fields and some easy scoring opportunities for that offense, which is already high powered. Yeah, and it, for each of these teams, I think to to win this football, Casey, I think they're coming in with a pretty similar game plan. Let's be physical. Let's establish the run game, and let's see if we can do our thing. If we can dictate to the other team our our terms. Here's how we're playing the game deal with it yeah dude and like you said man this is a divisional matchup the third between these two teams so everything gets super kinky when it's a divisional matchup anyway now that it's the third um some weird stuff is probably going to go down in this game dude i am stoked to see it all right dave let's let's move it to sunday's action we have the cincinnati Bengals at the buffalo bills the bills are five and a half point favorites in this game and it was week 17 when these guys got about a quarter into the game when the DeMar Hamlin injury happened. So that game was canceled and didn't count. So this is technically the first matchup of these guys. Um, two young gun, awesome quarterbacks, um, both kicking total butt. But why don't we go ahead and start it with Joey B and those Bengals, dude. Yeah, and the Bengals really kind of fortunate with last week's performance against the Ravens. They were oh. looking to go down in that game. It was all tied up. Ravens threatening in that 99-yard fumble return, uh, 14-point swing, uh, and that was the deciding score in this game for for these Bengals. So they're going to want to put together a stronger performance than that uh, than that if they want to um, take it to these Buffalo Bills. But dude, uh, this Bengals team is absolutely loaded. We talk about Burrow, obviously the number one pick in the draft a couple of years ago, uh, cut short that rookie season, but he has really panned out to be one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. This is going to be for a long time, almost 4,500 yards on the season and 35 uh, touchdowns. 
Um, just a phenomenal season. And he has just unbelievable wide receiver. I think arguably the best receiving group in the entire NFL. One, two, one, two, three. Oh, yeah, dude. If Jamar Chase wasn't on this team, we'd be raving about how great T. Higgins is. Yep. I mean, he had over a, a thousand yards and uh, 95 plus receptions doing it year after year. Tyler Boyd, dude, quietly over 750 yards. But Jamar Chase, dude, 87 catches over a thousand yards. Wow. And it's just he's so dynamic, man. It's the big plays. It's on the sidelines. He can do a little bit of everything there. So you're right. This is probably the best trio receivers there, but they brought over Hayden Hurst and he had some injuries, but he's really become a big target uh, for Joe Burrow too. They're a little banged up on the offensive line, which has um, created some trouble for the yes. running game and for passing protection though. But last year, Casey, they were as banged up. I mean, seven sacks in the, uh, divisional or the championship game and overcame that made it to the Super Bowl. So it's, it's still something that Burrow is used to. Yeah. But you don't like, you know, that pass rush coming in there and trying to beat the crap out of him. They're going to have to figure it out because Buffalo is a, a, a great team at getting after the quarterback, but um, Joe Burrow is as cool as it goes. And it's not gonna, you know, it's not gonna freak him out. Because, like you said, he's really used to that. He's yeah, got he can get uh, pummeled, get right back up, and then throw a great pass. You know. Yeah. So it's a very interesting matchup, and I know the Bills get more of the talk uh, when it comes to the defenses here. But this Bengals defense has quietly been pretty good. Yeah, actually, a pretty strong unit. The defensive end Trey Hendrickson, eight sacks on the season, so um, they can get after the quarterback there for sure. Yeah, and dude, Logan Wilson, man, uh, career high this year, 123 tackles. He had 10 tackles last week to throw on a forced fumble, and he's got um, at least eight or more tackles in the five postseason game that he's been in. So he steps his game up when it comes to the postseason, dude. Yeah, and, and overall as a defense, they're tied for fifth, giving up just 20.1 points a game. So just over 20 points a game, fifth in the NFL. Pretty strong against the the run, a little bit weaker against the pass. So we'll see if that um, haunts them in this game. Yeah, it's going to be tough sledding, though, because they are on the road, and Buffalo has been dominant in the postseason at home there. But we talked about all those uh, uh, road teams winning last season, so it'll be interesting to see how this goes. But Josh Allen going into the season won probably um, one of the favorites for MVP. Without a doubt, Casey, but coming off of last weekend's performance, you got to wonder, you know, um, Josh Allen has had instances where he's thrown too many picks, whatever yeah. he doesn't, you know, he just wings it around. And last week there, they were finding themselves in a battle against the Dolphins. They eke out a game 34 to 31, but against the third string quarterback, I don't think they expect it to be mm -hmm. in quite so close of a game there. Uh, so they're going to have to play a little bit better game uh, this week as well, if they want to uh, move on. But man, They've got the the uh, the personnel, and obviously it starts with Josh Allen. Yeah, and you know uh, we Stefan Diggs, man, over a hundred catches and fourteen hundred yards. But dude, this is playoff time, so you know who's up for these Bills, man. It's playoff <laughs> Gabe, dude. Over his last two playoff games, over three hundred receiving yards and five touchdowns, with at least a hundred yards and a TD reception in each of those games this wow. dude man that's crazy talk crazy wow he shows up when it when it, when it's playoff time how about Devin Sing, uh, Singletary at running back though Casey over a thousand yards in the season they started off really struggling to run the football kind of early in the season and they stuck with it and they 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 found a little more balance uh in their overall game uh with the between the pass and the run in fact passing their seventh uh, in the league and rushing their seventh in the league too. So even more balanced than you would think. Yeah. in the second half of the season, you really saw them insert James cook into this offense yeah. even more. So if they can add that running element to this offense, wow, man, cause they're scoring almost 29 points a game too. And how about Dawson Knox, bro? He's fifth straight game with a touchdown, man. And he's got a TD in three of his last four postseason games. So just, so many things to try to contain for that Bengals defense, man. It's, uh, it's going to be tough. And I think, you know, if Josh Allen doesn't turn the football over, um, it's, it should be pretty good for these yeah. deals. 
Yeah, no doubt about it. And how about the the Bills defense? They're going to obviously have a, a tough task against um, the Bengals and all of those weapons offensively. But on the season, the, the Bills defense giving up under 18 points a game. That's second best in the league um, against the run. Um, fifth in the league at just over 100 yards a game and overall seventh uh, in total yardage. So this defense has been consistently getting the job done. Yeah, dude. And Matt Milano is just like a violent tackler, dude. It's like yeah. this guy was born to play linebacker and you match him up with Tremaine Edmonds and it's really a dynamic duo there. And this kind of lost in this, Dave, when they um, traded Moss and brought over Naheem Hines from the Colts, dude. Yeah. We saw the couple touchdowns he had week 18. This guy has added a new element to this return game that makes them devastatingly explosive, too. So they can attack you in all three phases, man. It is going to be, I mean, what a, it's going to be a heck of a game to watch. Obviously, we were deprived of it on the Monday night um, when the game was canceled, uh, and it looked like it was off to an amazing game uh, before the unfortunate event for DeMar. But um, I am really excited about seeing these teams go at it. And, you know, I think basically either of the teams can come out and say, let's play our game, let's do our thing. It, and I think it's going to ultimately come down to which team makes is able to avoid the big mistake. Yeah. And so far, you know, Joey B has been a little bit better at taking care of the football than Josh Allen has. Is it going to come down to a mistake by one of those two guys? Probably Yes. <laughs> yeah. If someone loses. The quarterback has made some bad decisions. Yeah. And I kind of think when I look at the matchups here, the Bengals aren't quite as good at running the football. Um, so that might be a weakness if they if they, if the Bills can find a way to make them one dimensional and force it to just to be one of those passing games. They can tee off after the quarterback. And then defensively, the Bengals are 23rd against the pass. That's probably not a great matchup for them going against this Bills offense that really likes to throw the football around. And it is going to be good, dude. Yes, it is. All right. Let's move it along, Casey. It is your Dallas Cowboys at the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners at home are favored by four in the Sunday afternoon or Sunday evening game, depending on your location. Casey, it's a rematch of last year's wild card playoff. San Francisco won that one. 23 to 17 and wow this is going to be a heck of a game yeah dude and you know before we leave the the bucks saying i loved the way they played last week but last year when san francisco came in they just out physical the cowboys they were a ton of mistakes and this and that Mm -hmm. but it was they just got punked so it'd be interesting to see how they respond this year but cowboys down the stretch despite what you may have heard was one of the better teams. Yeah, they were in some games at halftime and in the third quarter, but I believe you just checked the score at the end of the fourth quarter is when it matters yeah. here. And the <laughs> Cowboys have been doing great, dude, averaging over 27 points a game, and they scored more than 24 in 11 of their last 12 games. And Dak Prescott, that Monday nighter against the Bucks, man, was so impressive. Four TD passes, a rush yeah. touchdown, no interceptions. Remember, oh, Dak's not seeing the field well. He's not doing this and that. Right. Man, that was as impressive performance I've seen out of Dak. That might have been his uh, most signature win since he's been with the Cowboys. Yeah, he's been in- incredibly impressive, um, certainly last week's performance. If we can repeat that going into this, that is exactly what Cowboy fan wants to see. But there's also a tandem there at the running back position that I think that that the the balance there has really come in uh, and it's it's highlighting Pollard these days and showing off what he can do. And this he's had an exceptional season. He has, man. Um, and, you know, you mentioned that that the combo there last week really felt to me like the changing of the guard there. Wow. And it, Pollard taking over as that number one running back. Zeke's still going to have a role on this team, a huge role. There's a, you know, aspect of his game that he does that Pollard doesn't do. But. Pollard has to be on the field. There's no denying it. You saw when they were attacking the edges with Pollard, his speed is just too much for opposing defenses, and they're going to have to be able to run the ball to keep yep. this uh, Niners you know, defense uh, from teeing off on Dak, and that also sets up the play action, which they're really great at. Um, you know, early in the season, they missed Amari Cooper, and he's gone, but they got T.Y. Hilton 
about a month ago, dude, and I'm already to sign this guy up for a one or two yeah. year contract moving forward. I think he's a great fit on the team. He runs great routes. He's got a lot of knowledge and he loves the game, man. Put that on those young receivers. C.D. Lamb had a great game last week, but it was Michael Gallup who's been hit or miss. He's coming back from that injury from last year, you know, but last week he had a huge game, some big time catches there. So I like what I'm seeing out of the offense. And at the tight end, Dalton Schultz had the two TDs last week. Uh, Jake Ferguson had a huge catch. I and know nothing. He knows nothing, <laughs> but I love what Scoot Kellen Moore up. did with this offense. It was the most creativity yeah. I've seen out of it all season, and it really had the the Bucks guessing, and they were guessing wrong most of the time. Yeah, I thought the game plan um, uh, for the offense uh, was exceptional last week, and it'll be really important to repeat that uh, creativity and usage of the personnel this week uh, on on this forty nine against this forty nine squad. And you got to give it up for Joe Philbin, what he's done with this offensive line. You know, Tyron Smith, probably a Hall of Fame left tackle. Since he's come back, he's at right tackle. They lost Jason Peters last week, so they yeah. put Tyler Smith back at left tackle. And he's playing great, dude. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wasn't sure about that pick when they got it. I was like, I don't know. But he's been everything they could have hoped for him more. Got Tyler Biotish back as center last week. And you saw the cohesion in the line that was missing in week 18. They were able to run the ball. They were able to pass block. And this offense, when Dak takes care of the ball, is one of the most lethal in the league, man. I'm excited for the potential of Sunday. Yeah, yeah no doubt about it, dude. And uh, this Cowboys defense, <clears throat> obviously, Micah Parsons, uh, an absolute animal uh, at the linebacker position. Yeah, dude, and he played more at linebacker last week than he's had in probably the last eight or ten weeks. If they can keep him at linebacker, they can move him all over the field, and you have less opportunity to know where he's coming from. That might uh, disrupt a rookie quarterback's you know, options there, what he's trying to do. So I expect mm-hmm. to see him move all over the place. Dorrance yep. Armstrong, man, this guy is underrated career high in sacks eight and a half and tackles for losses he's got nine this was the guy that we were able to pay once randy gregory decided uh that he didn't want the 80 million and took off to denver thank you mr gregory we appreciate it dude sam williams (laughs) leading all rookies with 10 tackles for losses um he's got three fumble recoveries that's also uh most against the rookies but leighton vanderesh dude this was a guy that might have left the the team in the offseason. Didn't find a deal he liked, so he came back on a team-friendly deal, nice. and it's paid off for everybody. And I'm hoping we can extend this guy. Um, they got him back last week, and he can play in coverage. He was all over the field. And it was weird. When he's out there, it made Barr look better last week. I thought two weeks ago in Week 18, Barr looked slow. He looked washed. He had some great play last week. And uh, they're getting healthy in the secondary, too. Um Deron Bland, dude, this guy, you know, he's tied second in rookies with five interceptions. He's come in, had some injuries there. Um, Lewis and Brown, they both went out, so they were struggling with that uh, that second cornerback. Deron Bland has been nice there. They brought Xavier Rhodes over, too, and he's uh, he played well last week. Yeah, one of the key things for this Cowboys defense, which is actually giving up just over 20 points a game, that's fifth in the NFL. Uh, wouldn't think that necessarily if you're not watching closely enough. But the takeaways, like you said, you mentioned the picks. Um, it's plus 10 in the giveaway takeaway ratio for this Cowboy squad. That's one of the tops in the NFL. Um, and that could play a huge role. If you can, you got a rookie quarterback, you get him, get after him with that um, aggressive defensive scheme there and find a way to create some mistakes. Yeah, and if you're not familiar with the Cowboys or haven't watched him play a lot, I don't know how, but watch Donovan Wilson in this game, dude. This is like kind of like an old-school safety. He really comes and lays the wood, dude. And Jerron Curse, man, it'll be up to him to try to slow um, Kittle down. So some very intriguing matchups, but great safety play is not something that you've heard out of the Cowboys camp in quite a while. But guess what? They've got great safety play. Uh, we're moving on over to the San Francisco 49ers. They are, as we mentioned, the 14-4 and four, number two seed there. And they are coming off a game uh, which they won against Seattle 41-23 in the wild card round, which was a little closer, I think, than a lot of people thought it would be uh, as uh, the first half was neck and neck there. Uh, but it really ultimately was a pretty dominant performance by the 49ers. It was, and dude, Brock Purdy, the third QB to start for the Niners this season. Um, 
you can't say enough about him, dude. The quarterbacks in this game actually Dak drafted in the fourth round and Brock Purdy, Mr. Irrelevant, drafted wow. in the seventh round. So you're getting <laughs> some pretty stellar QB play from areas in the draft. You don't really get it. But this guy, no situation has been too big for him mm-hmm. so far. And at Iowa State, he played in a lot of big games. I saw him dominate my Sooners a couple of times and just really like his game. He's, you know, hard-nosed, a, a tough competitor, and he's been making the right play at the right time here. Um, it helps when you have George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, and Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey in the backfield. Yes, uh, he's making does. the plays that are presented for him. And uh, uh, Shanahan's doing a great job of mixing things up and keeping defenses off battle and dictating matchups with this. Yeah. I think that's the key. One of the key things And Shanahan is such a great coach with scheme and he's putting, putting uh, personnel packages and stuff on the, they've got guys that are interchangeable in Debo Samuel and and Christian McCaffrey. They can both run the ball. They can both catch the ball. Um, So many weapons and he's putting them out in areas and it's, and the defense is having to show stuff. It's having to say, line up, who are we lining up against? What are we doing? And I think it's giving Brock Purdy a real good pre-snap read, and he's given him a lot of confidence to play like he's played. Obviously, Purdy has played exceptionally well uh, with no experience. He's undefeated in the NFL and in the playoffs, you know? Yeah, but I dude. think a lot of that is the unbelievable coaching, how they've prepped him up to recognize what he sees the defense doing and then go know where to go with the football. Yeah. And like I said, that balance there with this Niners squad, man, um, it's really creating a lot of difficult uh, situations for opposing defenses, but this defense creates bad situations for opposing offenses too. (laughs) Yes, it does. In fact, this defense is number one in total yards and also number one in total points, giving up just over 16 points a game. They're also second versus the rush, giving up less than 78 yards rushing per game. So it is a very, very stout defense led by um, potential defensive player of the year, Nick Bosa. Yeah, dude, I don't know how it's not him. Um, You know, first San Francisco player since 82 to lead the NFL in sacks, 18 and a half, and he's second tackle for losses with 19. Um, He got knocked out of this game against the Cowboys in the first half uh, in the wild card round last year. Mm. So we didn't see this guy dominate in the second half and he was disrupting things early on there, but it's not only him, dude, Eric Armstead on that front line is creates havoc too. They're just like at each level, there's a ton of guys up front. You mentioned Bosa and Armstead, but the linebacking core may even be better than the front line in the front line is one of the best in the NFL. Yeah. That's the thing about this Niners defense. It really is all three levels that are exceptional. And you mentioned the linebackers. I mean, Eric Armstead, excuse me, um, uh, Fred Warner, 130 tackles and Dre Greenlaw. Um, just those guys, uh, just crushing it. I mean, 127 tackles for Greenlaw and you know, that they just are, like I said, stout physical at every level. And it's my guy, even though I hate the Niners, but Talanoa Hufunga. <laughs> Hufunga. <laughs> oh, this guy is a playmaker back there. Mix him with yeah. Ward. And like you said, it's all three levels. There's not, you know, a, a weak spot anywhere on this defense. And, you know, they created 30 turnovers on the season. That gave them a yeah. plus 13, man. So yep. they sacked the quarterback and they turned the ball over and they turned those turnovers into points, dude. This Man, it's a yeah. stout team with great personnel everywhere. No doubt about it. And you mentioned that the, the turnovers was a point I was just about to make. You know, both these teams really, really pro- profited and prospered off of um, the turnover battles all, all season long. And that, obviously, as we know, is intensified when it comes to playoff games. Which one of these teams is going to be able to continue that trend? And, that, and how advantageous will that be towards getting that W? Yeah, D'Amico Ryans has used this defense to turn him into one of the you know most sought after um, head coach candidates moving forward. And we talked about some special teams earlier. Ray Ray McLeod, dude, coming over from the Steelers, dude, over ten yards of punt return and over twenty three in the kick return, man. So uh, just wow. a stacked squad everywhere. No doubt about it, dude. It's going to be a tough battle. Um, it's you know when I look at this, I'm, I, I think of this cow, uh, this um, excuse me, this Niners team trying to just continue to do what they do, distribute the football, but feature Christian McCaffrey um, 
out of the backfield, whether it's running or passing 136 scrimmage yards and a touchdown uh, last week. Uh, they basically get their playmakers to make plays. Yeah. And as, as long as they can do that, they're going to be tough, tough to beat for sure. And let's see where the Cowboys willingness comes with that secondary wanting to tackle, being able to not let Debo take that 70 yards to the house, tackling when you have an opportunity. But yeah. last year in this uh, matchup with the Niners, they came in and they set the tone with how physical the game was going to be. You, there was no question about it. You saw that they they were the most physical team. I mm-hmm. think Dallas needs to take that personal, man. That was, I wouldn't say humiliating, but they definitely got pushed around at their own place last year. This year, they're on the road. We mentioned it's 30 years um, to the week where they went in there and beat those Niners in the playoffs last year. Cowboys yeah. finally got their first road win in the playoffs since doing that 30 years ago. Yeah, the Cowboys have to set the tone. They have to be more physical. They need to dictate what happens here. Can they be the tougher team? I need to see it to believe it, but I think that they can. I think these two teams match up more closely than the average fan would think. And you got to look at it kind of what's one of the main differences. Well, certainly you've got Dak Prescott on one side and Brock Purdy on the other. Can you somehow find a way to take advantage of that that mismatch. No, they're not playing each other, but Dak has a great game and you find a way to take Purdy out of the rhythm that he's found. Yeah. Make him try to have to beat you. He hasn't had to do it. Let's see if he can. And plus for all the young bloods that don't know, they, this used to be the Super Bowl. You know, the winner of this game used to go on and kick the crap out of the AFC champion. Mm -hmm. So this rivalry renewed is pretty sweet. It's special to see what's going on there. So, you know, man, Ain't nothing to it but to do it, man. Put up them dukes and get out there, and let's see who the better team is, dude. I'm freaking fired up for this thing, bro. Oh, man. I am fired up for all four of these games. This divisional round is going to be awesome football. Like I said, this is arguably the best weekend of NFL football every year as the top eight teams square off against each other. Um, It is going to be exciting. How stoked are you, bro? I am completely stoked all right oh, folks yeah. <laughs> so many ways you can check out the football dudes the trend zone now available for subscriptions spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, amazon music wherever you get your podcasts go ahead and like us on instagram and facebook follow us on twitter football dudes la and make sure you tag us across all social media platforms or go to footballdudes.com. It's all there for you. That is going to do it for this episode of The Trend Zone. We're not the suits that talk football. We're the dudes that know football. For Casey, I'm Dave. Enjoy the divisional round. We are out of here.